When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Ben here from Blockbuster Mentality. We have a unique episode for you folks. Um, it's, as you can tell, it's just me here right now. No Dave. Uh, we had some scheduling conflicts. Uh, we have some new movies coming out. We wanted to get reviews out. So we actually recorded two separate reviews today. So the first review you're going to get is going, going to be Dave's review of The Lion King that just came uh, out a couple weeks ago, directed by John Favreau. And then I will be giving my review of Quentin Tarantino's latest film, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. So here we go with Dave's review of The Lion King. Hey everybody, Dave here. I'm so sorry I couldn't make it for this episode, but I wanted to leave you with something, which is my review of The Lion King, brought to us by the great Jon Favreau. Now, this movie, it kind of reminds me of something. Uh, A little while ago, I made my wife a dish. It was a French tarragon chicken dish. I just wanted to prepare her something nice for when she got home. I got out my chicken. I got out my, you know, I diced my shallots, my garlic cloves, got my tarragon, which I didn't even know what the heck it looked like until I (laughs) went to the store. I think I needed help uh, from the produce guy. Got my wine. My my creme fraiche, which I think was actually sour cream at the time. And uh, I made an amazing dish. It was outstanding. Gave it to my wife. She loved it. And then I, I thought, wow, you know, that was, a, that was a good deal. Let me try this again one day. So I tried it again. Tried to make the same dish over again. And I thought I followed the same steps from the same recipe with what I assumed were the same ingredients. And uh, it just came out flat. And uh, if you can't tell by this analogy how it relates to The Lion King, that is exactly how I feel about the original 1994 movie compared to the 2019 movie. Now, that's not a horrible thing to say, I don't think, because the 1994, the original Lion King... Is, it's a, it's it's been stamped by blockbuster mentality as the greatest animated film ever made. Now, uh, if you listen to our uh, Into the Spider Verse episode, which I'm not sure if that one's out yet, uh, but in there we we kind of talked about how maybe uh, that one's kind of peeking up on it as well. Well, we might be overrating it slightly, but. Anyway, the point is, the original Lion King is an absolute cinematic classic. So. You know, the idea that this one is going to live up to it, I think it's just asking for too much. And, uh, you know, where it falls short um, is kind of everywhere <laughs> to me. And I, don't know, I just love the original so much. So I guess I, I may be a little harsh here, but I think looking at it, certainly the most uh, striking change between the original and this remake, which it is essentially almost shot for shot with a couple little things changed here and there, but it's essentially the same movie. Uh, is of course the groundbreaking animation and and it is absolutely stunning it is absolutely gorgeous and uh, actually when i was watching it i didn't uh, maybe i should have looked this up before speaking but there are some scenes particularly around uh, i think when simba's chasing like a bug up and around the rocks i couldn't tell if the whole thing was completely generated or if there was, they were like outside somewhere and then sort of like, you know, putting an animated character in a real setting. I mean, that's how incredible this movie looked. But as beautiful as it is, uh, you know, this is a movie about talking animals. And as far as we know, uh, real animals do not talk. <laughs> so making them do so in a hyper-realistic way is very very difficult and i remember when uh some of the teasers were coming out uh the week leading up to the release i remember texting ben and we were kind of going back back and forth 
And what I was saying was, wow, yeah, looks great, but man, I feel like we're we've lost something here. You're losing a little bit of the fantasy and the magic with how realistic it looks. Uh, and, and I think that's one of the things we talked about on our episode uh, for the original 1994 Lion King was they had a lot of freedom with that hand-drawn style. And, uh, and, and with this sort of super realistic animation that they have uh, for, for the 2019 version, you kind of have to stay in reality. So like, say, when there's a fire or something, you can't turn the whole screen or you know the whole sky red or you can't play with colors like that and the animals have to more or less have their feet on the ground they can't you know jump 10 feet in the air and do something either really brave or really silly so you lose a lot of drama by making this thing so realistic there has to be real world physics which is nice but yeah i mean you you lose that so great animation but a little soulless um i think i saw one one review i forget where it was where it was calling it was like pumbaa's dead eyes you know cracking jokes and it's hard to say that that's untrue i mean you was definitely getting that um but yeah so that's my take on the animation um you know and it's sort of this review i'm just it it, it is a comparison i mean I cannot review this thing as a standalone movie. Impossible. <laughs> so that's animation. Looking at performances. Now, it's possible that um, my sort of misgivings with the animation is going to affect it or did affect the way I saw the performances. Um, that since you do lose some magic, some humor, some drama, that sort of flatness, I think, does carry over in the performances. So in general, uh, you know, if I'm going to go character by character for, um, you know, the actor, or actress who played you know the original versus uh the 2019 one i have to say i mean on balance the 1994 vocal performances were definitely better um so again is that really the actor's fault if if uh, the thing that 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 comes on screen you know it's not up to them how it's portrayed i mean they're just they're you know reading their lines that sort of thing so but yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's the case. I mean, let's look at, uh, you know, James Earl Jones, you know, is the old, is the early, younger James Earl Jones better than the new one? No, it's, it's obviously the same guy. But, you know, let's look at, uh, okay, so I got, I got my IMDB up. Um, you know, Jeremy Irons was Scar in the first one. And uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I hope I got that right. He's Scar. I mean, he's good, but he's not Jeremy Irons. Um, John Oliver as Zazu and Rowan Atkinson. I'd say that one's about a push. Um, one of the ones I didn't, I really like both. <laughs> this is going to sound a little funny, but both Simbas from the original. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. <laughs> that uh, amazing child actor who played the young Simba. It was, it was really good. And uh, Matthew Broderick as older Simba. I think those were both better than the ones we got uh, here. And uh, those two actors... And of course, the adult Simba was played by Donald Glover. He, I mean, he was just okay, but um, maybe it's just a younger one I didn't like as much. Maybe, maybe it's more of a wash between Donald Glover and Matthew Broderick. But uh, I definitely give a win to Jonathan Taylor Thomas uh, versus J. D. McCrary, who uh, I'm just not familiar with. Yeah, we also had Eric, I'm sorry, Eric Andre and Keegan Michael Key as the uh, hyenas. They were just fine. Uh, yeah, so you know that one I would accept. Uh, okay, of course, the big one for me and the one I worried about so much was uh, Timon and Pumbaa. Timon, of course, uh, in this one. Well, I'm sorry, in the original, we had Nathan Lane, the iconic, the <laughs> amazing Nathan Lane, who was just great in that film. And uh, Ernie Sabella, who was just, I guess, just a voice actor, a minor actor who was good as Pumbaa. Now, they were an amazing duo, a hilarious, amazing duo. And this time around, of course, we get Seth Rogen and Billy Eichner. I thought Seth Rogen <clears throat> held his own just fine. Um, I'm not a Billy Eichner fan. I think I've made that clear a couple of times on the show. He, I think he calls himself a comedian. Uh, I would certainly disagree with that characterization. I don't find him funny at all. Um, and anything I've seen him in, and you know, I think that's kind of the case here. He was, you know, the jokes are good, so I did laugh, and uh, you know, not terrible, but just not Nathan Lane. I guess that's the point. Uh, the original Timon and Pumbaa were amazing, and these two, you know, together, I don't think as good, but I will just again though, Seth Rogen, good job. <laughs> we also get Beyonce as Nala. 
Uh, what do I want to say here? Oh, she also got a song, uh, a not very good song in the movie. Uh, I, I couldn't tell with Beyonce if she either wasn't trying hard enough or was trying too hard. It just didn't come off good. I, I, I didn't, I don't know. It just didn't think she gave a good performance. Not really uh, all that great. But interestingly, I did like the, uh, the younger Nala, uh, uh, Shahadi Wright Joseph. I thought she was just fine. So again, on the balance, just not good enough. <laughs> you know, the animation is great. Oh, but actually, one thing about the animation, one thing I noticed, uh, the one knock on the animation was the lionesses. Uh, they all kind of looked the same, and uh, there wasn't any individuality between them. I couldn't really tell which one was which. Um, but yeah, but you know, of course, the animation is groundbreaking and beautiful, but you lose that magic, you lose that soul, and it makes the story you're trying to tell that much harder. And then when you, which can then imp- impact the vocal performances, which were just not as good. And I also have to say, after I saw this one, I kind of forgot about it. I didn't really give it much thought. I, I saw it uh, opening weekend on a Saturday afternoon, and really, uh, I had to kind of take a a few minutes to jot down my thoughts here before I started because I just kind of checked out on it. So, but with all of that being said, I still enjoyed the film. I would recommend it. Uh, And I guess this is really more for the new generation. And I don't know, with all the stuff that seems to come out over and over again, it's going to have, I I don't think it's going to have the same impact on this generation that it had on, uh, on, on my generation. Um, it's just it's just not as good, frankly. But <laughs> I keep saying I didn't like it, but it's good. But it's just sort of where I land. I mean, I was disappointed. I'm not mad at it. It's just okay uh, to give it a rating in terms of stars and popcorn. I think I'm looking at three stars, three buckets. Uh, whereas, you know, the original, I think I, I was close to uh, either four and a half, maybe five stars, um, and maybe even five buckets of popcorn somewhere. Around there. It was really high. I don't have it offhand. But, yeah, I mean, that's basically the difference. So that is my review of the 2019 Lion King, and I hope to catch you guys on the next episode. All right, everybody. Well, as I said, uh, Dave was going to give his uh, Lion King review. Hope you enjoyed it. Now it's my turn to review the latest Quentin Tarantino movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, and Margot Robbie. As big of a Tarantino fan that I am, uh, this is actually the first time that I have seen uh, a Tarantino movie in the theater. Uh, so that this was a, a new experience for me, which was uh, quite exciting. Glad I was able to see it opening weekend, see it in the theater, um, and uh, been you know hyped for this one ever since it was announced. Uh, even you know before the title was announced, we were you know the the premise was announced, you know saying it was going to maybe revolve around the Manson family murders, uh, all of that. So that intrigued me right away. Um, and then when I found out who was in it, Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt, their first time starring in a movie together, uh, just got me even more excited. And it, it was talking with my wife earlier, and I was surprised to find out. I didn't realize that this was Leonardo's first film since his Oscar-winning film, uh, The Revenant. Uh, he won won the Oscar for that film. Uh, and here we are four years later. He hasn't, he hasn't done a movie since. So uh, it's exciting to see him back on the big screen uh with uh with uh and you know he's obviously you know been become one of my favorite actors and along with brad pitt so to see them on screen together is exciting um so needless to say i was uh, uh quite excited to go see this see this film and uh had my expectations quite high uh now with hateful eight that was the you know quentin tarantino's previous movie uh, that came out in 2015. I was quite underwhelmed uh, with that film. It's one of my least favorite Tarantino movies. Um, I'll actually give my updated rankings at the end of the show here. Um, but yeah, uh, Hateful Eight, like I said, I was un- underwhelmed with it. Uh, I, I still have only seen it the one time. Uh, I do still want to revisit it. Maybe I'll enjoy it more because Tarantino is one of those filmmakers where each time I watch one of his movies, I feel like I, I pick up more uh, 
you know, I just pick up more on and, and, and enjoy it more uh, each time I watch it. Um, so, yeah, I definitely want to check that out. But, yeah, again, expectations were high for this one. And for me, it did pay off. I uh, will get into spoilers a little bit here. Don't want to keep the review too long because I got a lot of a uh, lot of Twitter uh comments to go through i asked you guys to give me unpopular opinions about um uh once upon a time in hollywood and a lot of you responded so i appreciate that um and uh yeah a lot of you had some uh hot takes uh it's a it's it's uh you know the film is is quite in its early stages so it's hard to have an unpopular opinion at this point because we don't know what the popular opinions are uh at the time of this recording this is actually uh, we found out that this is the uh highest grossing opening weekend for quentin tarantino uh so that's that's pretty cool that it actually did well in the box office. Uh, but anyways, to the movie, uh, again, I did, uh, really, uh, my expectations were, uh, definitely, uh, met if not exceeded. I was, uh, definitely, uh, happy. And the more I thought about it and discussed it, um, I just, I, I am enjoying it more and I think I'll, you know, watch it, er, enjoy it more on a second watch as i always say um but uh but yeah i mean the 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 main uh i guess aspect about it is just uh brad pitt and and leo dicaprio their chemistry together their their whole story their characters um you just you kind of root for these guys uh in particular uh you know brad pitt he plays the stuntman to leonardo's uh rick rick dalton brad Brad Pitt plays Cliff Booth, um, uh, but yeah, for some reason, you know, you you root for Cliff Booth a little more just because you know he's a stunt man. He's not really well known, um, uh, but you, you still have your moments where you where you feel for for uh, Rick Dalton, Leo's character. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, in terms of actual acting, I think uh, I think Leo definitely. Uh, t- while I en- I think I enjoyed Brad Pitt's character more, I think uh, the acting performances. I think uh, Leo uh, took this one. He he was absolutely outstanding. Some of the emotion he was showing, just uh, you know uh, the you know his accent he was a- he was doing. Just I don't know. Just the the just everything about what he was doing. He had like this little uh, a stutter that would would come out when his character was like nervous or you know just kind of. Um, nervous. Yeah. Like I said, um, but, uh, but yeah, the, the just great, 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 great performance by Leo. Uh, again, great performance by Brad Pitt. Now, right away, I realized this movie, I didn't, it was just, you, you it didn't have a much of a story or a plot. It was just, you were just kind of, it was just a window in time in these guys' lives that we were watching. It didn't seem like, um, and it's not a bad thing, but at one point I was just thinking like, where, where is this going? Uh, but then it's not until the end where, you know, you realize that this is just a ride we went on. Um, now when, you know, uh, you find out, you know, like I said about the Manson family murders and everything, the Sharon Tate murder, uh, you think like, why? the whole movie you're thinking like what what do these guys have to do with the the Sharon Tate murders but then as as the movie's progressing i i feel like okay this is definitely going to be uh Quentin Tarantino-esque these guys are going to be involved somehow in the actual crime um that's that's what i'm thinking the whole time uh well not the whole time but just as the movie progressed i was thinking all right so how are these guys going to be involved in it and then you think okay well tarantino totally changed history with inglorious bastards and and uh i could was definitely expecting him to change history here which uh which he totally does which i'll get to in in, in a little bit um uh as for uh uh margot robbie i mean she uh played sharon tate not much dialogue not much uh really not much she didn't really do much in this movie uh just was uh kind of just there as kind of like if you know the story of the manson family murders you just kind kind of know that 
you know, she's doomed, you know, you just get this feeling of, you know, you obviously you find out that she's neighbors with uh, DiCaprio's character. Um, but yeah, you just get this kind of feeling that she's doomed this whole time. You know, she's this happy girl and you're just almost kind of like, just like, oh, yeah, that's a shame what's going to happen to her. Um, but but yeah, I mean, as I said, you, you just kind of know that uh, uh Rick Dalton and, and Cliff Booth will be in, involved in, in some manner. Um, wh- what I was expecting in this movie was more in regards to uh, Brad Pitt being a stuntman, um, but actually we don't get much of that, um, which is interesting. I'm glad, I'm kind of glad, you know, when a movie doesn't do what you expect because you know, it's a surprise. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was a lot different than I, than I thought it would be. I mean, even the, the guy who plays Charles Manson, he's, he's in it for like a minute. Uh, if that, uh, he, he barely is, is even in the film, but, uh, the, the actual cult, the, the Manson family cult definitely makes their presence presence known again this this review is for people who have seen the movie so uh if 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 you haven't turned off by now and haven't seen the movie turn off um but anyway uh yeah one of my favorite one of the best scenes i think in the whole movie is when uh um brad pitt's character gets to the the uh what's it called the spawn ranch um where uh the manson family cult basically is residing or this old man owns this property where they used to film old westerns and things like that um this is uh quite an intriguing scene um it's uh built with the classic uh quentin tarantino suspense i thought for sure uh brad pitt was gonna eat it uh in this scene you know he builds up to him dropping off the girl he hitchhiked to you know chatting a little bit with the cult and then them telling him about george who he says he knows for knows from eight years ago and then you know they say he's taking a nap and then like this this slow build up i just just the classic uh tarantino with that just this slow build up to um you know uh you at the edge of your seat because then he goes up to the house he chats with uh, dakota fanning's character he's uh and you're still wondering like oh my god this guy's definitely dead and then she allows him in the house and he goes to the back of the house and it just it just keeps building and building and building and then uh and then you know you find out this guy is alive and it's not what you expect um and then when he leaves he is his tire is is slashed uh, so he, <laughs> he then gets in a fight you know basically knocks out this guy who did it and is making him uh change the tire for him um and then on top of that you have them go get uh the main guy uh, tex who's on out on the horse uh showing you know tourists around um you know they they go and get him so you're like oh great brad pitt's definitely in trouble now because the main guy is gonna come and you know probably off brad pitt and then when he you know shows up brad pitt is you know the wheel you know the tire has been changed and and he takes off but yeah just that uh it, it was one of the you know, it's going to go down as one of the great Tarantino scenes. Uh, just, uh, absolutely loved that. Um, that build up of, uh, and then just, yeah, they, they just, it ended up being nothing, <laughs> nothing to worry about really, but it, it introduced you to the cult and just, uh, the, the creepiness of it, the eeriness of it and everything like that. Um, Another great scene is uh, when, you know, you see it in the trailers when the girl, you know, kind of whispers to to Rick Dalton that that was one of the best acting she's seen she's ever seen. And, you know, you get that great uh, acting there by, by Leo there, um, you know, just saying he's Rick effing Dalton, you know, he's just so, you know, happy because he's... At the beginning of the movie, we found out that he's, you know, basically kind of washed up. He's a has-been, he realizes. You, you realize that with Al Pacino's character. A lot of cameos in this movie. Al Pacino, he play, played a small part as a as a uh, producer, Hollywood producer. I uh, thought he did a good job for what he was given. Um, but, uh, but yeah, the, that was another standout scene. That whole scene where, where uh, Leo is... Uh, Rick Dalton is acting in that uh, television show and is the uh, the villain. Uh, I thought that was just 
just one of the yeah, just great acting. Um, obviously, Christoph Waltz is the end all be all for Tarantino movies and acting. But uh, now Leo is is up there too. I mean, even with uh, Django Unchained, Leo's performance in that movie was outstanding. Thought he should have, you know, at least got a nomination for that. And now this movie. I mean, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens Oscar time with the uh, the acting Oscars. Because uh, I, I could I could see Brad Pitt getting a, a supporting uh, nomination and also a. Uh, uh, Leo maybe getting a, a lead actor nomination for this. I mean, obviously it's uh, it's July still. We still have a lot of uh, a lot of movies to come out still. But but yeah, wouldn't wouldn't be surprised if this uh, gets some recognition. Um, but uh, moving along uh, now, um, I was having a we're uh, not debate but yeah me and my wife were kind of wondering uh that whole uh bruce lee scene where uh um um he's he's on the set with brad pitt leo gets him the job and everything to be the stuntman uh and then brad pitt does the whole you know challenges bruce lee and everything um and then kurt russell kicks him off and then it goes back to him on the roof um I thought that was him just imagining everything. Uh, uh, you guys tell me what you think. Uh, did that actually happen, or was that just Brad Pitt uh, imagining that even if you know he did get the stunt job, that's what would have happened? So you know he's not he's not mad off of it. But yeah, I mean there was some that, that whole sequence was great, and then you find out that it was just imagined. It was just definitely a, a Tarantino move there to, 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 to take you down that. I don't know. I think it was like 15 whole minutes um, of just that, that whole sequence. And then for it to just be like a dream sequence, it was like, Oh wow. Yeah. That, that just happened. Um, and then obviously, I mean, we get to, uh, uh, I guess. Yeah. I mean the, 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 the murders, uh, you know, what's been hinted at this whole time with the Manson cult being introduced. You got Sharon Tate doing her thing in the background. They even introduced Roman Polanski in this movie. Someone's playing him because uh, Sharon Tate and Roman Polanski were married. That was interesting. Um, but yeah, we get to, we get to the murder scene, and and you know they're they're pulling up to the house to do it, and uh, Leo hears him. Um, I keep calling him Leo. That's just habit. Um, uh, Leo hears the car outside, starts yelling at them and, you know, they, they back out and then, yeah, they, they decide to go, go to Leo's house and or Rick Dalton's house. There we go. Um, and then, uh, yeah, that's where, where all hell breaks loose basically. Um, <laughs> and then this is where we get to the classic, uh, Tarantino, uh, overindulgent, self-indulgent violence, uh, grotesque violence, but it is amazing <laughs> um he gets uh brad pitt who is great in this uh this scene here you know he just took a uh, he just had an acid dipped cigarette so he's tripping out um the guy comes in he's not even phased by it um he just plays it off totally amazingly and then you know, you got the pit bull there, and he has the pit bull attack him, and just some vicious stuff. He's smashing a chick's face into the ground, into a phone, into a fireplace. <laughs> it's just insane. And then, uh, and then you get um, uh, Leo, who's been in the pool the whole time. He gets uh, uh, <laughs> totally uh, surprised by by uh, by what's going on and then you know this girl's freaking out after she just got attacked by the dog and and uh, and then she's in the pool and and he he comes out with the flame flower Th- flame flower flamethrower that uh, was introduced earlier in the film and uh, yeah that's uh, again classic Tarantino just uh, just great but um, here I am going scene by scene but uh, but <laughs> just wanted to you know bring up some of the standout moments uh in the movie just because uh you know just want to kind of say why i liked it um but uh but yeah just acting wise just i i 
some people have said this movie's too long. I just, I, I, I don't think so. I think this is just Quentin Tarantino kind of paying homage to what he grew up on. This, these old Hollywood movies, kind of. I mean, it's been said a hundred times, but kind of like a love letter to this, this era of film, this era of Hollywood, um, and then just the way he changed history with, with the whole Sharon Tate thing. I think, uh, I think it was, it was done very well. It. Uh, uh, wasn't uh, I think it was done respectfully it wasn't uh, you know out of line or anything you know the, the, the similar to what he did in Inglorious Bastards where he totally just has them massacre Hitler um, you know the, he does that to the murderers of uh, Sharon Tate they get theirs um, if if the, if people aren't familiar with uh, the murders I, I can see them possibly not uh, you know totally being satisfied with that ending um, but uh, but yeah I was I was I was totally satisfied with with the way it went um, you know uh, Leo's character kind of has hope at the end that you know he, you know maybe he will get in with uh, Roman Polanski and Sharon Tate and you know maybe his career will now uh, improve but um uh, I mean, yeah. So I mean, that's that's basically the 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 story. But yeah, I mean, just just the 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 cameo. You get a Luke Perry cameo. You get a Bruce Dern cameo. You got you know cameos cameos everywhere, and just uh, just the acting all around. I, I'm so glad uh, Tarantino was able to kind of just create his own world while using still real life events. Um, I thought he it was great to just see him see him work, see him just kind of have his own fun with this movie and just kind of pay homage to what he grew up on. This was his ninth film. He said he's only doing 10, so I think it's uh, fitting that he did this. It's definitely, uh, you know, uh, not a Tarantino-feeling film uh, a lot of the time. I mean, he has his uh, trademarks in there a lot, you know, with the with uh, the feet and everything, but... Um, uh, until the end where, you know, you get that crazy, uh, violence and then you're like, oh, yep, this is a Tarantino movie. Um, uh, definitely, uh, is, is a different, uh, refreshing, uh, Tarantino movie. You know, it's not over, you know, overindulgent, uh, or anything like that. It's, uh, it's, it's more subdued and it's, and it's a lot of laughs, a lot of comedy in it, which I enjoyed. Uh, it's, uh, it's, yeah. Um, and I'm sure more will come up, uh, as I read some of your Twitter, uh, comments. So let's just go ahead and read some of those now and then I'll give my rating of the film and then I'll give my current rankings of Tarantino movies. Um, so the first comment we have, Robert Forto says, not an unpopular opinion, but I thought it was great. Totally with you there, Robert. Appreciate you commenting. Uh, the crossover podcast says it was I, uh, totally disagree with you there. Uh, I don't think, I think this was just, uh, uh, even though it was two hours and 40 minutes, I think this is going to be so rewatchable. One of the most rewatchable Tarantino movies for me, um, just with the, with the comedy and, you know, it's, it's, it gets dark, you know, a little bit, uh, at the end, obviously, but, uh, even, even, even with the violence, it's almost funny, uh, in a way, you know, just the way it's, it's brought up. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I, I disagree that it was just, I, I think it was, uh, great. Uh, millennial Mike, uh, says Leonardo was the best part. Brad did great. I am so glad to see him back, but Leo really blew me away with this. Ultimately their friendship and chemistry is what made the movie. Yeah, I definitely agree with you there, Mike. Uh, yeah, Leo definitely, yeah, uh, acting wise, uh, blew me away as well so yeah i think uh that's great yeah their friendship was great chemistry was great definitely uh without that i i don't know what this movie uh would have been uh brian riccio says it was an af- a- absolute piece of celluloid uh shit bankrupt of anything resembling originality filled with that coke fiends misogynistic foot fetishism uh topped off with a gratuitous gratuitously violent ending it's further proof that tarantino is a talentless joke uh are are you just not a tarantino fan brian i mean if you're going into a tarantino movie you should expect all of this stuff so if you were 
expecting all of this stuff and you don't like that stuff, why did you go see the movie still? <laughs> Obviously, you're not a Tarantino fan. Why'd you pay money to see it, Brian? Uh, totally, yeah, I disagree with you there. Uh, he's <laughs> he's proven he's got two uh, screenplay Oscars on his shelf. Uh, I think he's, uh, he's uh, not talentless at all. Uh, again, if uh, this is something that uh you obviously find is a pattern with his so again why'd you see the movie brian come on man um cinema loco says reading a lot about it being too long i thought it wasn't long enough loved every minute yeah uh, i i can understand when people say it's too long i mean that's that's definitely understandable um it's but uh but yeah i was just soaking it all in i mean like i said at the beginning this was my first tarantino movie in the theater uh so yeah i mean i was uh i i i could have i could have gone for another half hour i, I would have been fine um so yeah but yeah appreciate you you commenting there uh christopher mark says i thought the ending was fine did anyone complain about tarantino shooting hitler in the face with a machine gun yeah i think he's referring to basically uh that him changing history basically yeah I, again i was totally fine with it i think that's uh again it's called once upon a time in hollywood it's a you know once upon a time insinuates it's a fairy tale it's not true you know he's he, and these are fictional characters rick dalton and cliff booth so um similar to the uh the the bastards and inglorious bastards you know they're they're they weren't a real group that was something that uh that tarantino made up so um yeah i i i I thought the ending was fine too i think it was uh it was it was it was fine to change change history in this uh in this film uh john hunt fiction says great film definitely agree with you there john um and then Christopher Mark again says, I think there is some serious overreaction given who those characters are in real life. Um, maybe referring to the Manson family. Um, yeah, I'm not sure there. Um, Film Tweeter says it's too short. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I, I could have gone longer, but at the same time, I think it was a good length. <laughs> um, Burning the Snyder Cut says 30 minutes too long and traded racial epithets about black people for racial epithets about Latino people. Uh, I think he might be referring to Brad Pitt at one point telling Leo to... Uh, not let the Mexicans see him cry. Is that what he's referring to? I don't know. Um, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, if if that's how you feel uh, about it, um, yep, about the, those epithets. Uh, yeah, I'm not uh, not too sure. I mean, I, it's 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 Tarantino. You know, he doesn't he doesn't hide things. He's not scared to. Uh, cover any subjects so um he just tries to he writes these characters and if if it makes sense for the character to do those certain things he's gonna do it so uh it is what it is uh jeff beck says not sure if it's particular or unpopular as apparently a lot of people felt this way but it needed a more substantial story to go along with the 161 minute runtime uh no nah, i mean again i i don't think this was uh it, it wasn't uh something that was story driven and that's actually something my wife pointed out to me i appreciate her uh giving me that word um uh yeah it was it wasn't story driven it was it was character driven you're just again along for the ride with these characters um i i i i think the story with the backdrop with the matt manson stuff and everything like that the sharon tate stuff i think that was a great way just to show you that okay well this is leo and and you know uh brad pitt doing their thing going through their issues you know what they're going to do with their careers and then there's you know you're slowly getting to well how is this going to connect how is the share and take thing going to connect it's not really a story about that it, it was kind of random how it happened similar to how the the murders were random i mean they weren't targeting sharon tate it just uh it just happens so, i mean again i think it was just uh you're just it's one of those movies where you're just along for the ride not necessarily along for you know the the ending um you know it's about the journey not the end so but i appreciate you commenting i mean you're, you're totally justified to feel that way too but uh but yeah for me it, it worked uh the story worked um uh, Kyle Flyberg says it's the funniest movie Tarantino has made and it's the closest he's done to a pure comedy. Yeah, I'd agree with you there. 
lot of funny moments uh and yeah it is it is very close to a pure comedy um you know it's uh yeah it's yeah i mean i i couldn't have said it better myself <laughs> uh epic film guys i don't know what rating to give it um yeah i i don't know if that means you uh liked it so you're not sure what rating to give it or wh- where to rank it amongst uh uh the tarantino movies i'm again i'm gonna give mine in a in a couple minutes here um uh, again, I gave uh, the option. I told people to give me unpopular opinions. So, restore the republic says I may not see it till next week. Yeah, that's uh, that's unpopular. Um, I uh, appreciate the comment. Cool hand, Lucas. Without sunglasses, Mike Mo doesn't look like Bruce Lee. Uh, you know, uh, that's that may be. I don't think uh, uh, Margot Robbie necessarily looks like Sharon Tate either. But you know, they're they're playing these people. It's it. it can still work (laughs) um kate does content says unpopular opinion the loose narrative structure isn't artful it's sloppy and amateur uh and then she says unpopular opinion too the film was half uh tarantino's most mature and personal work and half tired cartoon of himself uh no again disagree with you there don't think it was sloppy or amateur at all again it was him paying homage it was him uh, just uh, bringing you along for the ride with these characters, great, uh, great moments. Uh, and uh, I, I, again, I would, it's not a perfect movie, you know, anything like that. But uh, but yeah, I don't think it was sloppy um, uh, in the least. Uh, and half tired cartoon of himself. Uh, again, he's he's gonna he's gonna do his classic trademarks. You know, he's gonna do the stuff like he did at the end. Uh, so. I don't know what what people expect with uh, with Tarantino movies in, uh, anymore. Um, he's he's not going to stop doing what he does. Uh, Sam at uh, Broken Lowell says exactly. He fiction revenge those real life people. People should read what happened that night in the Tate House. Uh, always responding to the over uh, what Christopher Mark said about uh, serious overreaction given who those characters are in real life. Um, I think I'll, most people who see this are going to know, you know, the basic story of, of the Manson murders. Um, but, um, but anyways, uh, you're going to die alone says Brad was better than Leo. I, I mean, uh, acting wise, I, I, I do think Leo was better than Brad. They both were very solid though. Very solid performances. Uh, and I, I think I, I liked, uh, Brad Pitt's character more, but, but yeah, Leo, I think gave the better performance pop-up film cast has said i could cut 30 minutes out easily i I mean yeah i could see that too uh but again this was tarantino doing his thing you know uh uh showing the memories of his childhood showing the memories of what he grew up on so uh, i think he's earned the right to you know uh uh give those extra 30 minutes but yeah i mean i i i could see where you could cut out 30 minutes too so yeah i mean i i totally will see what you where you're coming from there in session film says i haven't scoured twitter enough to know if this is unpopular i assume it is for many but i think it's qt's best of this century uh yeah i mean i'm pretty close with you there other than uh, inglorious bastards uh it's definitely uh, making a run for uh its money there but um but yeah i mean yeah i that's um i i i couldn't uh you know make too many arguments to say that that's that's not true uh, I know a lot of, there's a lot of kill bill people out there but um but yeah it's uh that's hey man I respect I respect your opinion there and I can't hate on that um Obi-Wan Kenobi oh hey Obi-Wan uh says doesn't come out where I am until August 14th ah that sucks man uh yeah hang in there uh well hopefully you're not listening to this because uh I just gave away everything um crooked table podcast says other than the uh it just says other than that it's bottom tier tarantino nope disagree uh due to all of the reasons i have already said uh jessica schubert says are others torn on this one the old hollywood nostalgia the gorgeous cinematography leo themes of fading into irrelevance the most shocking entertaining disturbing hilariously violent violent climax i've ever seen but the treatment of women uh with a surprise face yeah i mean yeah it's it's interesting that you know the the man 
in uh, in that group got the least of it. <laughs> you know, you got a woman getting her face bashed in by Brad Pitt. You got a woman being uh, uh, torched. Um, so yeah, I mean, I could see where you where you're torn there. Um, it's it's definitely an interesting. Uh, a uh, conversation interesting uh dialogue to have but uh but yeah i mean i i could see being torn about that so uh rob motto says all i want to do is watch it again and i can't for two weeks uh yeah i really want to see it again too feeling film podcast says the portrayal of sharon tate is perfect less words and screen time is more respectful to her memory than forcing her into a bigger part of the story yeah i'd agree with that yeah i think it was uh I think it worked uh, that she uh, didn't have much dialogue or anything like that. It was just, again, just kind of she was there as like a red herring just to know that, her, well, what we thought was her impending doom was coming, um, which I think that was intentional by Tarantino. He wanted us to think that that was coming, and then he uh, he totally uh, <laughs> turns it around on us. Uh, Optimus Solo says Inglorious Bastards is still his best film ever, but I have this one in the top three. Uh, yeah, I can't argue with there around Inglorious Bastards. Uh, Park Journey, uh, says, wish I would have known there was a credit scene. By the time I heard it coming on, I was out the door. I usually stay for the credits for every movie. Sorry, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, you, you could have gone without it. But yeah, it was a, it was a enjoyable little commercial scene with, with, uh, uh, Rick Dalton. So if you get a chance to see it again, definitely stay, uh, for the credits. Joe Stevenson says, whoever decided this doesn't get a UK release till August 14th is a wanker. (laughs) Actually, that's probably not an unpopular opinion. Yeah, I don't think that's an unpopular opinion. I'm sure uh, everyone over there in the UK wished it uh, came out this weekend, too. So, sucks you guys have to wait. Um, Okay. Uh, A couple more here. Okay, uh, from Epic Film Guys. Oh, another one. Uh, Okay, here's one. Uh, holy shit, the narration in the third act is effing infuriating. It actively soured the entire experience for me when the first two acts were so robustly developed and in-depth. I'd have gladly sat another 20 minutes to develop that act more before the finale. Um, I... I mean, I guess... Yeah, I mean, I guess it kind of felt a little uh rushed at the end that 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 last act i mean it kind of just was kind of thrown in there um i wouldn't call it infuriating for me though it wasn't enough to to ruin it or anything um it just uh yeah uh, uh but yeah i mean i can i can see where you're coming from there i i can't uh can't totally uh you know invalidate what you just said but yeah it just uh it it worked it worked for me but yeah i i I see where you're coming from um and it looks like that might be i don't know a couple more andrew watson it's tarantino's best film hey uh you know it's it's up there for me too andrew but uh yeah appreciate you commenting ron f says i love the ending i said it i loved it too i thought it was a great ending it was uh over the top which is classic tarantino style and uh, changed history, which is totally fine. He did it uh, before, and uh, hopefully he keeps doing it. Uh, let's see. Do, do, do. A couple more. Uh, let's get down to Disney Business. Says less feet shots and didn't like how the narration was just thrown in halfway through, minus the random sentence early in the movie. Overall, I thought the movie was super fun. Yeah, I agree with you on the super fun. Yeah, I can I can see where you're coming from on the narration. Yeah, that was kind of weird. It was Kurt Russell just all of a sudden narrating things, and it was like, oh, okay. Uh, I think they did that with Hateful Eight at one point, too, and I was kind of thrown off by that. So, yeah, I, I, I see where you're coming from there. Like I said, not a perfect film, but uh, so I, I can see, you know, those gripes. Um uh, Monster Mash Ken says, not what you're expecting, but in a good way. Definitely too long, but the crescendo makes up for it. Uh, what the F was up with all that? The feet. <laughs> That's Tarantino, man. That's uh, He loves his feet. He, he shows it a lot. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, um, 
I, the, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, not what you're expecting, but in a good way. Yeah, I'm totally with you there. Uh, I love when 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 movies uh, can can do that. You know, throw, throw just because it wasn't what you were expecting doesn't doesn't mean it was a bad thing. And this was definitely a, a good thing that it wasn't what you were expecting. So appreciate all the comments, all the tweets. Really do uh, do appreciate you guys doing that. Uh, my rating of the film again, not a perfect film. Uh, it, it was a little long, but I, I was soaking in every minute of it. Um, um, but uh, I, I give this four stars and three buckets of popcorn. Uh, leaning toward actually four four stars, three and a half buckets of popcorn. Uh, I think after a second watch, I might even raise those buckets of popcorns. Um, but uh, yeah, just uh, outstanding Tarantino movie. So glad uh, he's he's back again uh, with another movie. I hope to see it again in the theater before it uh, ends its run. But uh, yeah, I, uh, I I'm glad I finally saw a Tarantino movie in the theater. Um, uh, real quick, just want to give my rankings of Tarantino movies now. Now, uh, number nine, Death Death Proof. Uh, I, I don't know. I almost don't count that as a movie. That was a double feature that came out with Grindhouse. Um, or, you know, it was the double feature was called Grindhouse. But uh, I don't know. Just uh, I, I could I could live without it. But, I mean, all of his movies are, are, are... There's great elements in all of them. So even having something at number nine or number eight doesn't mean I hate it. It's just uh, I like the other ones better. Uh, number eight, Hateful Eight. Uh, as I said before, was underwhelmed by it. Number seven, Kill Bill, uh, one and two. Uh, Tarantino counts that as one movie. Uh, yeah, I, I just I'm I've never been big into kung fu and all that uh, stuff. Um, yeah, I just I I I know people love Kill Bill. I I liked it. I, I I'm just not. I wasn't you know as in love with it as everyone else seemed to be. Number six, Django Unchained. Um, Christoph Waltz is amazing in it. Jamie Fox is great in it. Just it gets that one. I felt the length and just it. We did an episode on that. Um, and uh, yeah, that one I felt the length and just got uh, too self indulgent at the end. Um, number five, one of the most underappreciated, probably the most underappreciated Tarantino movie, and that's Jackie Brown. Uh, just a great, great plot, great story, great acting. He was able to work with De Niro in this, um, which was great. Uh, so yeah, Jackie Brown, number four, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I, I have that in my top five Tarantino movies now. Um, we'll see if it uh, bumps up a spot after I see it again. Uh, number three, Pulp Fiction. Not much to say on that, right? <laughs> number two, Inglorious Bastards, and number one, Reservoir Dogs. Uh, just have always been in love with Reservoir Dogs. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just, yeah, one of those that just it's extremely, extremely raw, extremely unique, uh, and uh, yeah, that's my number one Tarantino movie. Um, but that's it. All right, that was uh, I went longer than I thought I would, folks. But um, uh, Dave will be back next time. Uh, yeah, just a weird, weird scheduling this time around, but. Um, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll be uh, doing a new movie review together next time. Um, we are actually going to try to see Apocalypse Now in IMAX, so we might do an episode on that, so that's exciting. Uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, next week we might be into the Spider-Verse. Uh, we recorded it already, so stay tuned for that. Uh, follow us on Twitter at BlockbusterCast. Be sure to subscribe to subscribe to us on iTunes. Rate us, review us, and all that jazz. We'd appreciate it. All right, folks. Well, that is it for us. Uh, for Dave, I'm Ben. And as always, grab some popcorn, grab some snacks. We'll catch you guys at the movies. Yeah.